Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've had a great, great day, great weekend, and I wish you a great week ahead. Uh, so today we're going to do something that I saw on the internet on a, on a YouTube video. And I thought, I thought I'll talk about it. I, I have spoken about it briefly uh, prior to this in one of my video, my podcasts. And I will be happy to do it again because there's some more information that's come up. So the topic of today's podcast is uh, the Prophet Muhammad of Islam. Um, and as Muslims say, may peace be upon him. Is he in all the, is he prophesized in all the scriptures prior to the Quran? Well, that's just in my opinion when you when you do that you 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 you're not exactly going very far. You're trying to convince people that there is something out of nothing. Um and you're finding uh, needles, you're trying to find needles in a haystack. When you need to convince people, there's your problem. Uh, it's not evident. And when something's not evident, and you go and search for something, you're going to fall between the cracks, to, so to speak. So let's just tackle this and we'll look at the historical part of it. Now, before we go into um, talking about the Prophet Muhammad, we have to understand the region that is Arabia. So the region that's Arabia is actually a desert area. The desert stands from um, Western Sahara, Morocco, uh, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, Tunisia, Egypt, um, all the way to Saudi Arabia, the Levant, Israel, um, Israel, um, the Palestinian territories. We've got, uh, um, well... We've got uh, Lebanon, uh, Turkey, Syria, uh, Saudi Arabia, all this up till the Tal Desert in Rajasthan, okay, all the way up to the Koreas. All this was once the Vedic belt, okay. It was the Vedic belt, means there was a Vedic civilization here. Um, and the civilization, part of it went bust because this area turned into desert. That's all. How do we know this uh, desert? Uh, it was a Vedic civilization. The word Arab, Arabia, means from the beginning. It is the name of a land. It's a Sanskrit word. It is not an Arabic word. There's no such thing as Arabic word because Arab, Arabic comes from Arabia. Arabia was a sun is a Sanskrit word, and the word uh, Arabia means from the beginning, um, and that's because this land is attached to something very important. That is the geomagnetic center of the planet. That geomagnetic center of the planet is Cairo, my friend, where Moses was uh, born. Uh, it's a geomagnetic center of the planet. If you just want to Google it, you can do you can do that. If you want to type electromagnetism, because this planet is an electromagnetic field, you will see that the center of the two diapoles of the electromagnetic field is one center is is Cairo and that's where the energy field meets the two diapoles of the op opposing it's like frequencies where frequencies two opposing uh, directions they go that center that um, is a point and that point is Cairo in uh, Cairo is not the center of the planet it is the geomagnetic center 
of the planet. And from there, the dipole, the, the electromagnetic dipoles move in opposite directions. Uh, people ask, how did they know in the olden days? Well, we don't know there was a civilization that predated us. But we know that this entire area was once a Vedic belt. Very important. So when we say the Vedic belt, that means there was a Vedic civilization here, a civilization that what we call today is Hindic, but it was a Vedic civilization where they knew about um they knew about his they knew about uh, sanskrit they knew about astronomy because vedic means knowledge knowledge means astronomy and they knew about astronomy they knew about uh, how to navigate the planet to 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 um to to decipher um our magnetic field a cosmic field um and that was the vedic knowledge that they had they understood the cycles uh now we know the earth uh, goes around um in a procession cycle, and that's 25,920 years. Um, and every, every, I think, uh, every, about what did they say, 19 or 20,000 years? Uh, we're not sure exactly, but we know that the the area that goes desert where the sun hits, because the sun hits the, the, uh, the land, uh, the earth, a different points depending on the on the place of its cycle on depending on the cycle so um the place that is the middle east not africa the middle east is now under the direct um uh face of the sun uh, it gets hit by the sun directly and that's why we lost the civilization and everything went desert because the sun is the strongest at this level and that goes desert once every uh, procession cycle and that's about 19 to 20 years it takes and it'll, it'll go back up to to a um a coniferous forest and then it'll become once the cycle changes again which is you know, which is constant, uh, this place will become desert again and someone else and some some other place will become green. And so this cycle is constant, okay? It's like a top, the earth moves like a top. And so we are now in that cycle, in that position of the cycle where the sun hits um, the Middle East and North Africa. And this area has been desert for the last uh, 8,000 years, at least, we know that. Um, and that's why the civilization has disappeared. Now, how do we know it's a Vedic civilization? Because the word Allah comes from the word Illah, Illah, Illahi. And the word Illahi comes from Elahi, okay, and comes from the word El. Okay, El was the Semitic word for God. Um, and El, uh, like you have Elal, which is the national airline of Israel. So you have Elal. Ilahi, um, and El means God, or Yahweh, or Hashem, it means God. And that El had a symbol called, with a face, uh, that face was the face of a cow, that symbol was the cow. Why is the cow the symbol of this land? Because every time the cow sits down after grazing, it sits in the directions of the magnetic poles of the planet. And since the poles move, 25 kilometers approximately per year okay we know that we don't know where the poles are so in order to align you just had to align yourself with the cows after they sat down after grazing and you would know that um 
where the poles were, you would be, uh, you would not be in turbulence. But the moment you sat in the direction opposite the magnetic poles, you would be in turbulence and conflict with the magnetic poles of the planet, which means you would be in turbulence. So to uh, offload the turbulence, you would have to um, then know the direction of the pole. So that cow is very important. We know it's it's drawn. We found archaeological evidence of it. And so we know this entire land was a Vedic belt at one point. Now, uh, just because it's lost uh, doesn't mean that the Vedas and this Vedic knowledge started in India. We call it today Hinduism, Hindu scriptures, but that's because we come from a land called Hindustan, but the scriptures predates the time of this, uh, where it it was found in this land that we have today. It predates over 10,000 years old. Um, and we know that at that time, when it was written, this was written for the entire Vedic belt and probably even beyond. We don't know how much, but definitely for this Vedic belt because we see symbols and um, drawings from archaeological findings that the cow was important in this region. So the Vedas is not only for Hindustan, as we see it today the entire vedic belt used this knowledge of the vedas prior to this so anyone saying that the vedic uh, that the vedic scriptures hindu scriptures show the word muhammad uh, doesn't know the history of this book um and, and doesn't know the history of the, the civilization. And that's so very important to understand the geography, the geology of this land before you go in interpreting literature from this region and saying that all uh, words um, lead to the Prophet Muhammad. Uh, now, the Prophet Muhammad uh, is said to be in the Old Testament of the Bible, said to be in the Hindu scriptures. It's said to be um, in the Sikh uh, Grant, Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, the only place where it refers to the Prophet Muhammad is the Guru Granth Sahib because the Guru Granth Sahib comes afterwards. But it does not... Um, it does not say prophet in any other book. Now, let me start with the Quran. There is no prophet Muhammad in the Quran. Okay, that's very, very important. The word Muhammad itself is not there. Okay, the word Muhammad is not in the Quran at all. Uh, we have gone through a lot of issues, a um, lot of verses in the Quran. And one very important point that I would like to, term, uh, to, uh, to state is that the name or the proper noun Muhammad is never mentioned in the Quran at all. So the three, the four mentions of Muhammad only come in uh, 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 or Reference to Muhammadun comes uh, in the following chapters, Surah 3, verse 144, where it says, Vama Muhammadun ila Rasul. That means uh, Muhammad, that means Muhammadun is not Muhammad. Okay. Uh, then you have um, ma, Surah 33, verse 40, Makana Muhammadun. Okay. Again, that is not Muhammad, it's Muhammadun. And you have Surah 47, verse 2. But those who believe, sorry, Valitana, Amanuva, Amailu, Asiati, Vamu, Bimazula, Allah, Muhammadin. 
Okay, you have Muhammad Din uh, again. And in, in chapter 48, verse 29, you have Muhammadin Rasul Allahi. That means um, all of these are talking about the concept of the praised one. They are not talking about Prophet Muhammad. Okay, there's no word prophet in the book, in the Quran. Uh, there is no word there's no chapter because uh, muhammad because in the earliest qurans there was no chapters no surahs no numbers muhammadun muhammadin muhammadun muhammadun that's what it says there is nowhere there's it says prophet muhammad now the word prophet is a english word coming from the greek it means pro that means in uh, pro that means in advance okay someone who is teaching you something in advance why because we are cyclic so in those days everyone knew what cycles were okay pre-islamic religions pre-abrahamic religions everyone knew what uh, muhammad was um sorry uh, cycles were so when you know that we are cyclic you know that the the seasons are cyclic you know that our energy is cyclic there's no prophecy because we're not a flat earth but abrahamic religions think that we are flat earth and so they invented this word prophecy but if you understand the concept of currents that form your waves the currents don't stop and the waves don't stop so it's not it's not a prophecy Anyway, the word prophet does not exist in any of the books. It's just a translation. The word used in Abrahamic scriptures is either it's either Nabi or, Rab, or Rabbi. Okay, so it means teacher. Nabi does not mean prophet. It means teacher. It comes from the word Rabbi or Rabbi or Rab, which is also teacher in Hebrew. You so that's why you have rabbis today, uh, um, spiritual person of the. Um, of Judaism is called a rabbi and that comes from rabbi or rab and which means teacher and that's what he still is today he's not god he's not a prophet he's a teacher and um the same thing in the quran you have the word nabi okay nabi means teacher it does not mean prophet okay teachers are multiple teachers are forever Te everyone is always learning we're always students of life and the previous generation or the older generation is always teaching the younger generation uh the experiences and the learning uh the learning methods and and the basics of life it is our duty to transmit down our knowledge to a new generation and so there will always be teachers in life there's no such thing as the last teacher or the final teacher and so this is absolute uh, falsehood that it's the final teacher final nabi you can't have a final teacher this is just supremacy at its best now the word prophet does not exist it's an english word and it's a translation and so um to say he's the last prophet is is a falsehood. So you see the word Muhammad is not used as a proper noun in all these four verses. Uh, all these four verses uses the word, uh, use the word Muhammad as an adjective. Okay, so the word in the Quran is an adjective. Uh, Muhammadun, Muhammadun, Muhammadin, Muhammadun. Mu, M-U means a doer. And Hamad means a praiser or praiseworthy. Someone who is praiseworthy. If it was a proper noun, we would have seen the word Muhammad. The Quran says the 
that Allah is Mubin, which is clear, Allah could, would not make a mistake of using an adjective of praiseworthy in the place of a proper noun. Thus, the word Muhammad is used in the adjective as someone who is praiseworthy and not a proper noun of a person. Now, again, the word Nabi and Muhammad or Muhammadin, Muhammadun is not in the same sentence in any word. So, in the whole Quran, you had the word Nabi used several times, and but it doesn't. It's not attached it to the word Muhammad. So uh, the word Muhammad doesn't exist, and it's not even attached to Muhammadun. So where do you get the word Prophet? Now that's why they've put it in brackets to make you believe that this is what he said, but. It's not that is originally written. Remember, you cannot change the Quran. You cannot add your words. You cannot add anything because it is the word of God as it was spoken. So the very fact that there's no Muhammad in the, in the Quran means only one thing. That Muhammad is not a prophet. It's not a proper noun. It was made into a proper noun about 200 years later. Okay, it means praiseworthy or praiser. Someone who is praiseworthy is someone who has the knowledge of the cycles, knowledge of uh, um, the the different cycles of life, the currents that form your waves, and has history to make you understand the plus, the minus, how to balance it, and how to project something uh, in advance so that you can take, uh, you can prepare yourself instead of waiting for the trouble to arrive. You can prepare yourself for what the trouble is by understanding history, by understanding the cycles of history. And, and that's how you project. And in those days, everyone knew. Everyone knew what the cycle, especially the Bedouins, because they lived in the desert. They worked through cycles. The entire planet knew this because all ancient civilizations understood the concept of cycles. The only three groups that don't understand it is Judaism, Christianity and Islam. All of all three of them think that the earth is flat. So every time they see a word, everyone tries to associate the word to themselves. Okay? They don't they don't understand the word, they just interpret it and gullible people will accept this. So Every time something superlative says, oh, the, the, the Quran says, oh, well, it's us, it, it talks about us, it talks about the Prophet Muhammad, there's no Prophet Muhammad. Oh, then the Jews will say, oh, well, this is about us, this is about God. The Christians will know this is about Jesus. And it's it is supremacist, narcissistic ideology, uh, mentality of Abrahamic groups that always wants to associate good for them and all the bad for someone else, which they don't understand. We're negative and positive. We are currents that form the waves. And that is important to understand, to project. We're cyclic. The waves don't stop. The currents don't stop. And that's who we are, cosmic cycles. It is for us to understand the cycles of life and to project in advance. So these people have gone uh, into the Old Testament and trying to say that, to show that the prophet Muhammad actually exists and um, his uh, name is in the Old Testament. Now, um, it is important to understand, it's for example, I take the word prime minister, okay, and we say, okay, well, Narendra Modi is the prime minister, he's the best prime minister, and and he was a he was prophesied by the ancients. And see, every time the word prime minister is used in history, see, that was about Modi. See, that was about Modi. See, that was about Modi. So you're taking a word that an adjective of 
that is associated to multiple people, multiple concepts. Every time you use someone to use it, says, see, it's the profit that we're talking about. It's not the profit that you're talking about because there's no word profit in the Old Testament. And nowhere does Muhammad attached to the word prophet in the Old Testament because it doesn't exist. The word is an adjective and it's not used as a proper noun. And so uh, associating it with a proper noun 1,600 years later is only showing your ignorance and that is not acceptable. It is an insult to any intellect that says that the prophet Muhammad is prophesied in um, in the Old Testament. When you take a word that pre-existed is an adjective and you make it into a proper noun, it does not mean that every time it was used, it belongs to you because it, it you took a word that already existed. That's the long and short of the story. If I take a word, Eve, and, I, and it's used multiple times before. When I make this even to a proper noun, every time it's used, it does not mean at all that it refers to me and it refers to my prophecy. It does not mean that. It's a word that was used. You've used the word that already existed and that word doesn't mean that uh, it belongs to, signifies who I am. And it doesn't mean that the word Muhammad is a proper noun. It is a word used for anyone and everyone who is a teacher, who teaches, who has knowledge. Knowledge did not come from the heavens. Knowledge came from my ancestors who passed it on from one generation to the other. Um, and that was a knowledgeable one. Every time someone had knowledge, he was always praiseworthy because knowledge was the real goal. It was not camels. It was not trade. It was nothing. Knowledge was the main goal. So here are some of the 12 occurrences of the word praiseworthy, desirable, uh, valuable, um, all in the Old Testament. And this is the word Muhammad. So um if you go to the Old Testament, Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16, and you have, you have the word Muhammadim, okay, and it means desirable, he, and he is wholly desirable. Um, you have Kings 1, 1 King, sorry, chapter 20, verse 6, you have the word Muhammad. Muhammad, and it also means desirable, whatever is desirable. Uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 19. Mahamadiha is the word Mahamadiha and means valuable, all articles valuable and destroyed. Isaiah 64, chapter uh, verse 11, and it means Mahamadinu. and it means precious, all precious things. You hear the word. Um, in the in the in the chapter Lamentations, chapter one, verse ten, Mahamadi are uh, all precious things. His hand upon all pleasant things. You have Lamentations, chapter two, verse four, and you have all. Uh, it has Mahamadi again. All that was pleasant to the eye. Ezekiel, chapter twenty-four, verse sixteen. Um, it means Muhammad. Uh, Ezekiel, chapter twenty-four, verse. Um, 21, Muhammad, desire. Ezekiel chapter 24, verse 25, Muhammad, desire of their eyes. Um, Hosea chapter 9, verse 6, Muhammad, 
with, will take over their treasures, their pleasant places. Uh, Muhammad D, uh, it means precious stones, uh, beloved, precious. And Joel chapter 3 verse 5, you Muhammad means precious. So all these words means precious, means treasure. And they are talking about concepts. They are not talking about a prophet. Very, very important. When people lie to gullible people and say, see, this is the prophet Muhammad. It's not the prophet Muhammad. Nowhere does it say prophet Muhammad. Nowhere is it talking about a person, a prophet. It's talking about uh, pleasant things, uh treasure things, of, of desire, uh, praiseworthy things, concepts that are praiseworthy, and that can be applied to anyone. It's not applied only to one person who you want to glorify to run your empire. It can be applied to anyone, and these all come in a context and has nothing to do with the Prophet Muhammad. Similarly, they also say that... Um, the Prophet Muhammad is noted in uh, is noted in the Hindu scriptures, which is another falsehood. It's absolutely false. Now, what we want to understand the way these uh, televangelists, Islamic uh, televangelists, uh, think that all uh, Sanskrit scriptures are holy. No, they're not holy. It's just the Vedas. Uh, the Vedas uh, are holy. Um, and the Gita and the Mahabharata, but these the Vedas are Shruti. The rest is all, um, all the rest is all Smriti. That means it's written by man, so it's not a holy scripture. Um, it's like the Tafsir, like the Sunnah. It's like the um, it's it's like the um, Hadith. It's all written by man. So. A man can interpret anything in any way, in any language, depending on the person on the ground. It's not a holy scripture from any heaven above. Uh, so right off the bat, when you say Purana, Purana means uh, old, means history. So um, you're, it's written by man, it's historical, and it's not religious. It's not a holy scriptures. And this is what is Abrahamic groups don't understand. Any scripture that is written, they think it's holy. It's like writing uh, uh, an article today, 2,000 years later, will we say it's holy? No, it's just an article written by man. And so every text, most of the text, Puranas, uh, Dupanishads, the... Um, the uh, the historical texts, they are all uh, written by man. They're interpretations and not something that has not changed. The only thing that's not changed, I think, it's Shruti. I always mix it up with Shruti or Smriti. I am very sorry. Um, but effectively, that's, that's what it is. Now, to say that this is... Uh, Hindu scriptures, it has written uh, Muhammad... You have to understand that these Vedic scriptures do not come only from India. At one time, the entire Vedic belt spoke Sanskrit. The entire Vedic belt from um, Western Sahara all the way to the Koreas. And we see that from India onwards, if you go to uh, Burma, if you go to uh, Vietnam, you go to Cambodia, you go to uh, Malaysia, Indonesia, all of these were Vedic civilizations. We know that. Okay, Very important. Even the Koreas uh, have some form of Ram. So this is what uh, it is. Now, it does not mean that every time they talk about Muhammad, uh, 
it means it refers to the Prophet Muhammad. So interpreting everything in your favor just to promote your value is not going to go anywhere. So we know that the people in the desert lost their civilization. We know that the the desert means no people lived there, all the infrastructure, the architecture came down, uh, the people became nomadic, the people became, um, they, they had no sort of knowledge, um, institutions, like in India we had universities, so uh, it doesn't mean there was no civilization that came afterwards, but it, it was a difficult time to live in a desert and they had lost their civilization. It is known fact, it is not a divine fact, it's not something that is prophesied. When you have a civilization that goes desert, you're sure to have people who are lost, um, but I guarantee you even they were lost, they're not as lost as the fools that we have today in our in our civilization. And you can go across the board. We are just a lost civilization. We're trying to get back. And we are foolish enough to point fingers at others and say, well, you know, they're fools. But the real fools are us. And I have to say that. So here you have Islamic tele-evangelists saying, Muhammad is prophesied in the Bhavashya Purana. Bhavashya means future, Purana means history. Um, according to the Bhavashya Purana, um, um, other three, Shokla 5 to 8, it says a militia belonging to a foreign country and speaking a foreign language, a spiritual teacher which appears with his companions. His name will be Muhammad, uh, Raja uh, Bhoj, after giving his Mahadev um, a bath in the Panchagavya and the Ganga water, purifying him of sins, offered him the present of a sincere devotion, showing him all reverence, and said, I make obedience to thee, O ye, the pride of mankind, the dweller of Arabia. Ye have granted a great force to kill the devil, and yourself has been protected from the militia opponents. A militia is someone, a malika, or Malaysia, however you want to pronounce it, means a foreigner. Okay, it just means a foreigner, someone coming from a bar, uh, from a foreign land, non-Vedic, uh, someone who's not cultured, who's not balanced. Okay, um, not balanced, doesn't have the knowledge of uh, the astronomy, and that's why he's out of sync. It does not say here that his name is Prophet Muhammad. Uh, it does not refer to the prophet. It does not refer to a man called Muhammad. But yet they say, um, oh, uh, it belongs to the prophet Muhammad. Uh, so you see, everything that that is a everything that includes the word Muhammad does not refer to their particular Muhammad. It refers to a man who is praiseworthy. And a man who's praiseworthy can be anyone. Wh whoever does good things, whoever does uh, sincere things, whoever has knowledge, he is praiseworthy. There's not only one person. There are many people, many teachers. Every tribe had a teacher, but they have taken it out of history and they've put their interpretation of it and says, ah, there's only one prophet, Muhammad. Actually, there's no Prophet Muhammad in the Quran. It is a concept that's made up 200 years later. They've taken a word that is made into a title, and that title now becomes the name of a man, but that title is not even in the Quran. So no, it does not speak about uh, the Prophet. It speaks about someone 
who is speaking a foreign language, who comes from the desert, which the Puranas, which the uh, history books, which uh, the text would have known about because this land was desert. They became a desert land 6,000 years later. So you think they're not going to write about it? Of course, because this entire region was once upon a time a Vedic land. And we're all the same tribes. We're just, we're just nomadic people who went from one area to the other, but we're all the same genetics. And that is important to understand. Um, um, of course, they put in uh, their own interpretation over here. And there's another book. There's an, a book that was I, I read. Uh, it's really, really weird. And it's an entire book written about um, Hindu scriptures, which have the word Prophet Muhammad written in it. And I can't find it anymore. Um I was stunned to see an entire book, 160, yes, Muhammad in Hindu scriptures. Here it is. Uh, it's really, really weird. And I was like, wow, someone actually took the time to write that. Um, they talk about different names. Uh, they talk about different names in this book. And the different names, uh, they say all um, refer to prophet muhammad and i'm going to go to a book it says muhammad in hindu scriptures um if you go to page number if i'm not mistaken yes i think page chapter number one right in chapter number one it says here um the meaning of narsangasa Narsangasa, the individual, the word Narsangasa is a combination of the word Nar and Ashangasa. Nar means man, Ashangasa means praised. It should be remembered that Ash, Ash, Ashangasa is not a word from a popular language. It is purely a Vedic word. There's no such thing as a Vedic word. It's called Sanskrit. Some people say the meaning of Narsangasa is human praise. In opinion of others, Narsangasa means praised by man because obviously men are the one who's speaking here. The two meanings have been derived by compounding the words nar and ashangasa in two different ways. In the reality, both ways compounding are wrong. So in reality, both ways of compounding are wrong. The word narshangasa actually is pointing to a particular individual in the Vedas, the person whose praise has been sung in the chapters. Relating to narshangasa, the word narshangasa applies to that person. And he, over here, they say, oh, no, it's about the prophet Muhammad. So um, everywhere they, the, the word praiseworthy is, um, they refer... He, Islam interpreted he's praying to Muhammad. So the whole world is talking about this one man because they want to show the whole world that everything is belongs to them. They have invented the planet. They've invented knowledge. And anything that precedes them belongs to them. Anything that uh, goes after them is theirs also. So basically, they're the only real people of God. Uh, they've invented. They're the real true believers of God. In other words, this is supremacy. It's absolute supremacy. And I'm sorry to say it, but if you are going to interpret 5,000, 10,000, 3 billion years or 5 billion years of history of the planet as yours and everything that follows it as yours, that's only one thing. It's supremacy because it's your current, if we are currents and waves, we are not us and 
before, up and down, heaven and hell. We are currents and waves. We are constant. The constant doesn't stop at one man. It doesn't start with one man. It's a, a continuous, continuous cycle, formation of cycles and cycles and electromagnetic cycles. We don't even know when this started. We don't know where it ends because we are different. We're in galaxies. So to say that all writings about interpreting to one man and you dissect it with your interpretation, that is an insult to every single group on the planet. And and it has to be known that this is happening, uh, whether you like it or not. If you like your prophet, fine, so be it. You're most welcome to adorn your prophet. But to interpret someone else's text as yours, it just shows that you have no um, confidence in yourself. You have to demean someone else. You have to to take someone else's uh, work and put it as your own is very demeaning. And that does not win you any um, any hearts, except from gullible people who, once they know the truth, will rise up and go away and say, this is not for me. So that's important to say. On that note, I will leave you at that. I thank you so much for your time. I do hope that you will do your own homework. Very, very important. I will leave some links in my podcast page, and you're most welcome to go and take a look at it going forward. So thank you for your time. I wish you a great, great day and a great week ahead.